Hello, I'm Brittany Wilson. I'm Nia Wasink, and you're listening to The The Nonprofit Nonprofit Reframe. Reframe. Together, Nia and I have over 30 years of nonprofit experience. We've worked the program side, the business side, and everything in between. We are reframing the nonprofit experience by challenging the status quo, because we know that nonprofits and their staff are undervalued, under-resourced, and unrelenting. Hey folks, Nia and Brittany here. We are um, coming to you with a special intro for this episode because it wasn't what we planned it to be. We originally recorded this episode last Friday as a mini-sode, but then all hell broke loose over the weekend and we're just not in the right headspace to be doing some of these other topics. We had few other topics planned for today's episode, um, but they're just a little too heady for where we're at. So for those of you who aren't in Colorado or maybe aren't in Boulder County, um, we had two fires start up, wildfires this weekend, um, that it's been hard. It's in our community. We watched the plumes form. Uh, We helped evacuate a family. And both of our husbands are out fighting them right now. Um, So it's big, scary, overwhelming, and uh, taking a lot of my brain space at the very least. I couldn't agree more. And um, it's not over. So we have a big week ahead of us with a big cold front coming in this weekend. Um, And while that sounds promising, there is some potential for high winds and So there's still a lot uncertain, and we are just sending out positive thoughts to all of the families that are impacted and have been impacted by this, those including friends of mine who are sitting in their homes um, hoping that they don't get the call to evacuate, but being prepared just in case. And then, of course, to all of the firefighters who are out there um, trying to slow down these fires progression and keep towns and homes safe. Our thoughts go out to all of you and also just to all the community members who are feeling the stress along with us. Um, You know, it wasn't that long ago that we had the four mile fire about a decade ago and we saw the devastation of that. We've had a number of smaller fires since, but, uh, this new one has already eclipsed those sizes. So very real, very big. Um, and we're, we're thinking about our community right now. So enjoy this mini-sode and just remember that it wasn't supposed to be the full episode um, and that we recorded it before all the chaos began. And hopefully we'll come back a week from now uh, with a little more energy, (laughs) ready to talk about some more nonprofit stuff. Thanks so much. Welcome back to the Nonprofit Reframe. This mini-sode is being recorded on Friday, October 16, about 9.30 in the morning, bright and early on a Friday, because that's how we like to do it around here. Good morning, everyone. I, for minisodes. I am trying desperately to prove to Nia that I am at my best first thing in the morning. 
she she doesn't believe me, but no, I do. I've not. had some. I've had some caffeine. I'm ready to go. Great. So, Brittany, uh, tell us a little bit about what we're talking about in this very special mini so today. So this is a listener request. That's why we're coming to you, a little added bonus to your week. One of our listeners reached out to me um, and asked me about Amendment C on the ballot right now, which is charitable and bingo and raffles. That's how they named it. <laughs> and wanted to know my um, my thoughts on it. And I'll be fully honest, I didn't even know that that was on there. So <laughs> I had to research it. <laughs> well, and we, we had some listeners who heard our episode where we uh, endorsed Proposition 118 and asked us to, to go down the full ballot initiatives in Colorado. So hence, here we are. We are going to talk about Amendment C, and then we're going to talk about all the other ballot measures as well. Those of you out of Colorado, just just swipe by. No, I'm just kidding. You are welcome to stay and listen, uh, because I think it's still interesting content. But obviously, this should not impact how you vote on your ballot, because your amendments and propositions are going to be very different than ours. But maybe there's some... um... I don't know, intersectionality there. Maybe there's something going on. <laughs> no, no. And I think I, that's how you use that word. No, that's right. <laughs> Maybe I'm not best in the morning. What am I trying to say? Maybe there is some overlap. <clears throat> Maybe something some, that's happening yeah. in Colorado is happening also in your state. And, um, and or you can learn um, what's happening in Colorado and be grateful that it's not happening in your state. Right. There we go. (laughs) As I get another cup of coffee. Okay. Great. Here we go. What, which one do you want to start with? Well, you said we're going to start with Amendment C, so I guess that's where we should probably start. Okay. Let's start with Amendment C. And we don't need to belabor all of these. Otherwise, this will be a two-hour podcast. Yeah. I don't have much to say on Grey Wolves. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I think this one deserves a little bit of commentary because it is so closely tied to, um, well, to nonprofits. So do you have the exact wording in front of you for Amendment C? No, and if I did, I wouldn't read it because it probably makes zero sense. But Good point. <laughs> um, I do have some bullet points. So um, charitable gaming, which means those raffle licenses, those bingo licenses, et cetera, those are all monitored by the state. Um, so nonprofits apply through the Secretary of State to get licenses to do that. This amendment, Amendment C... Well, they're supposed to. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 This would expand that. So it would allow you to start applying for licenses um, when you're younger. You only have to be around for three years versus I think right now it's five um, you wouldn't have to be members of the organization, which is very complicated and often not followed correctly. Um, and it allows those people who are actually managing the gaming to be paid by the organization. Um, so whether that is actually an employee or volunteers who are paid to help manage it. All right, so let's break this down a little bit because I'll be honest, when I first read it, I wasn't really sure who this was benefiting. 
I mean, I didn't understand what the, um, like, who would go through the trouble of trying to change this because they would be benefiting the most from it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of them around the members. So it's my understanding that when you get a games license and it has to be a member of the organization, most often that means it needs to be a board member. Right. Correct. Yeah. That, there are certain types of nonprofits who have members who are designated as a specific type of person. But for most nonprofits, we're talking boards. Have you gone through and got, have you gone through the process to get a games license? Uh, yes. Um, oh, you have. I am no longer a certified games manager. Nobody reach out to me. I will not manage your <laughs> game for you. But yes, I've gone through but, the process. But now we could pay you. <laughs> <laughs> Minimum wage. Great. Is it a um, pain in the ass? Is it a long process? It's a real PETA. So first off, you take this training. You can do it in person or online. Um, And so much of it is really like how you do the financial management because you have to really separate out any funds made from gaming from the rest of your revenue, Uh, which at an event, like think about any time you've been there and there's a silent auction and a live auction and donations and a raffle those raffle funds have to be separated out. So a lot of it is just like how to stay in compliance. From that training, then you take a test. And then if you pass the test, you become a games manager. That's just for me as an individual. Then the nonprofit still has to apply for that individual raffle license or whatever they're doing, show the tickets that they're going to use, yada, yada. So it is an extensive process. If you are to say today, I want to run a raffle, you're probably six months out before you could actually do it. Hence why nobody really does it. I'm just going to be the one to say that. Brittany, what? I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm sorry. Um, but where it becomes even more of a pain in the ass is that, okay, so now you got to talk a board member into doing it, right? Right. Spending the time. And then, of course, uh, board uh Terms are different at various organizations, but it could be anywhere from one year to three years. Maybe you get them for five years if you're lucky. But my point is, is that you finally talk somebody into doing it and then they might be gone from your organization after two years. Right. So I do like this part of the amendment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and because it no longer has to be a member, you could even think about like long-term volunteers, folks who have been around committed to the event that you run the raffle at every year and so you know that they're going to stay involved yeah i think that piece actually makes it way easier for an organization to stay in compliance and also to have somebody who will be there long term the two to five year difference is that what it is or three to five years three yeah so now it'll be three instead of five um i don't know i guess i've always worked for organizations that have been around for a lot longer than that. So that's never really been an issue for me. I'm not opposed to that. Do you see any? The whole reason that it had been five years before you could start getting your initial license was because they wanted the organization to prove financial stability before relying on any kind of games funds. I think that you can do that in three years. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see a brand new startup nonprofit in year one being like, yeah, we're going to make our money through a raffle, right? Like, that's not going to happen. But by year three, I feel like it, it's totally feasible and should be something that's available to them. 
And there are some nonprofits that make a ton of money through raffles, like the ones that raffle off like homes and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that until just now. So it is a um, pivotal revenue stream for some, but those those are pretty few and far between, and the ones that are raffling off houses are big. Yeah. Yeah, those are, I mean, they do statewide direct mail campaigns just for those raffles. Right. Okay. So the last piece, this is the piece that I'm not fully understanding around, okay, so now you can hire someone to do it who doesn't need to be a member of the organization, and then you can pay them minimum wage for it. Right. So is that benefiting companies? Like I think about these casino nights that I've done before where I've called and I've hired, um, you know, the whole gaming tables and they bring in their pit boss. And um, is it just giving them something else that they can offer nonprofits? Maybe. I mean, like I could see where that would play out, but you can pay up to minimum wage. Right? Like, you can't pay over that. So it's not like they're making good money if they do that. Like, if those games companies want to provide that as a service. So it's just to be nice and fair and... Yeah, I think it was because so many times they were using volunteers asking for pretty significant commitments and then were specifically barred from any kind of compensation. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, and now, I mean, maybe that's something new you offer. Uh, fuck no. Again, don't call me. (laughs) All right. So overall, now that we've dissected that and put it back together, we we're saying vote yes. Vote yes on Amendment C. All right. There we go. What's the next one? Should we talk Tabor? yeah, I feel like before we dive into some of these about taxes, we need to under we need our listeners to understand Tabor. And even just kind of the broader tax perspective that we hold here at the nonprofit reframe. So in America <laughs> Break it down, Nia. Break it down. Just real quick, this reminds me I had an interview this week for um like a strategic plan I'm doing. So, you know, I'm calling stakeholders asking for their feedback. And uh, I start off this interview and I ask him um, why he got involved with this organization initially. Most people will be like, oh, uh, my friend volunteered. I went to an event. He goes, I was born in Denver. And then launches into his entire life story. Oh, man. I love that. I love it. People are lonely right now. It all started (laughs) 65 years ago. Okay. Anyway, taxes. Um, Okay. So... In America. In America. We do have a rather unique tax structure um, in that it is actually regressive at the very top um, versus a progressive tax, which means that as you make more money, you actually pay a larger percentage of your income. Um, not, Not just dollar amount. That would be a flat tax. But a progressive tax means you pay more as you make more. Um... Ours is regressive in that as you make more, there are actually more tax loopholes that get you out of it. And because of that, we actually don't have the funds to provide many necessary services, so we look to nonprofits. That's the very high-level overview. And that's why we care about these tax pieces, because 
some of these statewide taxes are what funds some of the very essential services that nonprofits either work with, work instead of, because we can't fund them at the state level, right. um, or are really underfunded and struggling. So in Colorado, we have Tabor. Brittany, do you want to explain Tabor? <laughs> so it is my understanding, I am by no means um, a tax expert, but it is my understanding that Tabor means that anytime there is a tax increase of any kind, that it has to be put on the ballot. Is that correct? Very well done. Yay! <laughs> now I know how you feel when I put you on the spot. Uh, Tabor stands for the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. Uh, it's this really fucking dumb thing we have in Colorado. We've had it for almost 30 years now. Um, and for most people, if you get your ballot and it says, should the government have more of my money, you're going to say no. Right? Like, that's mine. Yep. Why Why does this government that we know is largely distrusted, um, and studies continue to show that, especially around taxes, why should they have more? Well, most individual taxpayers don't recognize this much larger structure that we operate within. And so Tabor has really held back Colorado as a state. It means that we massively underfund critical services like education, like basic infrastructure. Um, and so... Every time we have a new ballot, we have new amendments and proposals that involve taxes because it has to go to the entire populace before it can be enacted. And that brings us to some of our great amendments this year. Yes. Well, so we're, we're saying that's Tabor Initiative is Proposition 117. And so we are advocating to vote no for that. Correct? Yeah. Do you want to say more about it? I do not. I don't know more about it. <laughs> <laughs> so Tabor already dictates a lot of how taxes operate in Colorado. Prop 117 would actually allow enterprise fees to also fall under Tabor. Right now they're a fee, not a tax. And so changes to those fees don't have to go onto the ballot. Prop 117 would lump them in with the rest of the taxes. And every time a change needed to happen, it would go on the ballot, and we know how well that goes. All right. And then comes Amendment B. Amendment B, property tax change. I mean, I think pretty straightforward. Um, we need to pay more in property taxes. We have one of the lowest property tax rates in the country. Um, and this funds pretty basic stuff that we need. Um, like all of the great advertising has been like firefighters and teachers and healthcare workers saying we need this. So yes, vote yes on amendment B as well. Um, which will modify the property tax assessments. Man, there's a lot of tax issues on here, huh? Yeah. So Proposition 116, Regressive Tax Cut. Which one's that? What is that talking about? Is that speaking to what you mentioned earlier? Yeah, so this is another, again, just people keep trying to cut our taxes and underfund all of our programming and critical services we need. We, again, 
recommend a big old no vote on this income tax rate reduction, Prop 116. Um, it reduces the state revenue by like $200 million for next year, uh, which Colorado pretty desperately needs right now. But that's because we live, you know, we talk about the nonprofit hunger games. I mean, we just live in the daily hunger games of life where people are just looking out for themselves and not recognizing the impact that it has on the whole and the fact that it is going to impact them at some point. Oh, totally. Absolutely. All right. I think um, those are the tax-related ones. Well, there's one more to tax e-cigarettes, which fund education. Oh. Yeah, go for it. I'm all for that. But. Yeah. Another sin tax? Might as well. Love yeah. it. Um, okay. What is well, – well, I'll ask you. What's the next one? You don't – you're not – you don't have much to say on gray wolves. Um, Amendment 76. From citizenship. Every citizen to only citizens. It's dumb. It's unnecessary. It's divisive. It's dog whistle politics again. Don't don't fall for it. It's stupid. It's a big fat no. Yeah. I'm realizing too that uh, folks out of state don't know what we're talking about. Um, so rude of us again. So. Amendment 76 would shift the, um, the Constitution in Colorado from saying only a citizen can vote, sorry, every citizen can vote to only a citizen can vote. So it's attempting to add some sort of additional citizenship requirement, even though that's already a requirement to vote. So it's, again, Fucked it's unnecessary. unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. And it just wants to fuck things up. It could actually even change um, where right now 17-year-olds can vote in primaries in Colorado. It could help overturn that, which we don't want to happen because 17-year-olds who want to vote should absolutely be allowed to vote in that primary if they're going to vote in the general for that year. So vote no on Amendment 76. And then there's Proposition 115, just so everybody knows, and it's loud and clear. We are pro-choice here on the nonprofit reframe, so we are voting a big fat no to prohibiting abortion after 22 weeks. Again, just so fucking stupid. Like, what? I know. Can we can we just take a minute to talk about how many times we've voted on abortion-related propositions in the last decade here in Colorado? I'm so over it. I'm so I over it. I know. And the sad thing is, is it's all just being brought back up with the new Supreme Court nominee. To all of our um, healthcare clinics out there, abortion providers listening, people who do any kind of um, healthcare for women and trans people, we stand with you and we stand against this bullshit with you. Absolutely. All right. So did I miss anything? Uh, 113. Oh, national popular vote. Which one's that? Um, it's the national popular vote. Great job. <laughs> <laughs> Was that your not so subtle way of saying Nia needs to explain this one? Well, that's all I have is the name of it. I have absolutely oh. nothing that describes it. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, Y'all might remember uh, we had a pretty big election about four years ago 
where um, the president was elected through the Electoral College, but did not win the popular vote. And the Electoral College is an arcane system um, that was actually partially developed to help uh, the South um, because they wanted to count their um, their enslaved peoples, their the black folks who we know were already three-fifths of a person, wanted to count them as part of their population, but they weren't allowed to vote. And so they created this electoral college system so that it wasn't just the total number of votes, whoever gets the majority wins, it was you got this like proportional representation by state in the electoral college. Well, um, that means that we continue to elect people who don't actually represent the majority of the country. So this would require our electors, the folks from Colorado who are part of the electoral college, to tie their votes to the national popular vote. So regardless of what Colorado does, whether we vote blue, red, purple, otherwise, whoever wins the national popular vote, they would put their votes in for on our behalf. So it's kind of a workaround because we can't quite get rid of the Electoral College, but if we get enough states to join this compact, we can shift that. Yes. I feel like anything that disrupts systems built in white supremacy, I'm, I'm pretty all for right now. Nia for president, everyone. (laughs) I'm serious. I love it. I mean, of course, I wholeheartedly agree with you, but just your passion that you bring to all these different issues, um, you need to be leading us. So (laughs) everybody put her name, write her name somewhere because you'll be hearing it in the future. I'm sure of it. To be clear, don't don't write me in. Don't don't do that. Oh, but no write-ins. No write-ins. No. Oh my gosh, so true. And that is officially the end of the statewide initiatives. We already talked pretty in depth about one eighteen on our prior episode, but yes, we are very much in favor of the paid family and medical leave insurance program in Colorado. And I am voting yes to reintroduce gray wolves on public lands. Yeah, me too. I- Wolves are cool. Absolutely. So we just don't want all you animal lovers out there to feel left out. Have you cast your ballot yet? No, I'm doing it right now. Like seriously, as soon as we boop turn this off, I'm going to do it. My brother who lives in Denver texted me a few days ago to ask what he should vote. And so I gave him Nia's voter guide basically. And then I screenshot that and I've just been sending it to everybody who asks. It's been great. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Well, send it to me. Okay, I will. Okay. And another important reminder to everybody, please, 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 no matter where you are in the country, vote the entire ballot. Those local races really matter. That's where we're starting to see some of the most significant change. That's where we're seeing women of color getting elected at historic levels. So don't just stop at the top. Vote every single office. Vote every single proposition. Don't leave one blank. All right. Well, that's it. Happy Friday, everyone. We hope you have a wonderful weekend and we'll catch you on Monday. Go vote. We would like to thank our sponsors. Mission Launch is a Colorado-based nonprofit consulting firm focusing on fundraising and board governance. You can learn more at missionlaunchco.com and Jake Walker Music, who provides our theme music. You can find him at jakewalkermusic.org. Thank you so much.